Star Wars 7x7 episode 1264 today. All right, let's start digging into The Last Jedi, shall we? And let's start with the biggest news of all, the reveal about Rey's parents. Where do we go from here? Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Helen's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Boybod. And, you know, I know we're out of safe week, but I feel compelled to say it anyway. You know, we're in spoiler territory here. So if for some reason you haven't seen The Last Jedi yet, then by all means save this podcast for a later date. But if you're ready to go, then let's go. So let's talk about the long-anticipated reveal of Rey's parentage, at least we think it is the actual reveal of Ray's parentage. There's something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. I'm not saying that I don't buy the idea of Ray being a nobody, a no one, as she has called herself from time to time, sometimes on screen and sometimes in deleted material. I'm fine with that. I'm totally down with that. In fact, I often think about something that Chris Taylor, the author of How Star Wars Conquered the Universe and the senior editor at Mashable, once said that he was talking to a friend of his who had said that she liked the idea of Rey not being a Skywalker or a Solo or a Kenobi because that meant that Rey could be any one of us, that it was accessible to us to have that kind of opportunity. So yeah, again, that resurfaced in my brain when the reveal happened on screen. But here's the thing that bugs me about the reveal. And, you know, maybe bugs is the wrong word, okay? I'm not annoyed by it. I'm not bothered by it. It's just there's something that doesn't seem to match up. When Kylo says that Rey's parents were filthy junk scavengers who traded her for drinking money, you know, that doesn't seem to match up with a pair of people who are also able to hop on a ship and fly off planet. So far, every story I've read about people on Jakku is about scavengers who are just basically stuck there. The story Before the Awakening by Greg Rucka that takes place within less than a year of The Force Awakens is a story about how Rey finds a ship that's actually almost in good working order and repairs it with the help of a couple other people who unfortunately then steal it out from under her nose. And they fly off planet never to return, presumably so. And this is presented as rare, both in the finding of a ship in such a state that it can actually be flown off planet, like there's still something left to scavenge 30 years after the Graveyard of Giants was established that could be flyable off planet, number one, and number two, that anybody is able to do so. In other words, that you know, they're not beholden to Unkar Plutt in a way that prevents them from taking off for one reason or another. I mean, you know, Unkar Plutt is connected somehow to a broader network of, you know, scavengers and smugglers and ne'er-do-wells, including uh, Duquesne and the Irving boys, who are mentioned, of course, in that famous little back and forth with Han Solo on his freighter in The Force Awakens. So that's the thing that's just not quite sitting right with me, is the fact that 
they can't have just been junk scavengers because the odds of them being able to pull off getting a ship together or getting on a ship and getting off planet seem very low to me. So I'm not suggesting that I'm entirely not buying Kylo's you know <laughs> take on this story. I'm just saying that there's something that's off about it. I'm still willing to believe that they were just people on Jakku. And the other thing is, is that, you know, all this talk about, well, it's great that Rey's not a Skywalker because it democratizes access to the Force, then it means that anybody can have the Force and be strong within it. Well, you know what? That's always been the case. I mean, that was the case before the Galactic Empire came into power, right? During the prequel trilogy era where the Jedi Order was flourishing, that there were new kids with Jedi powers being discovered all the time and being brought to the Jedi Temple to train, that there were Jedi knights and Jedi masters that were kicking around the galaxy, keeping the peace and doing their best to do what was right. And I'll tell you, there were thousands of them that sure as heck weren't Skywalkers, and there were a bunch of them that were pretty darn powerful in their own right. I mean, Yoda, of course, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that's just to name three. I mean, you could name every member of the Jedi Council, of course, and you could probably even include Jocasta Nu, the Jedi Librarian, in that, okay? So, yeah, the Force and the opportunity to become a Jedi or to become a master of the Force, however you want to define it. Like, that has already been democratized. So I think kind of the big question is, how did it get driven underground for the 30 years in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens? I mean, we know Luke was training a handful of students, but they haven't really given us the idea that it was like, you know, Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy accepting 12 students for 26 ABY and 27 ABY will take 12 more students and 28 ABY will take 12 more students, right? It wasn't building up like that. He just had a handful of students. But that does mean that must mean that there are thousands of people across the galaxy that have force abilities and have only used them to figure out how to make the broom come to them. <laughs> as the little kid at the end of The Last Jedi is able to do, okay? So the Force is already democratized. The ability to use it is already democratized. What hasn't happened is the training of those people. And with Rey, like, say, Mace Windu before her, she just happens to be a super user who is not a Skywalker, somebody who is really rather remarkable at it and naturally remarkable at it. And here's the other reason why I feel like Kylo Ren is telling her something close to the truth when he says that they were just, you know, filthy junk traders, scavengers, whatever, okay? Because of the fact that Rey has that experience in the cave below the island, underneath the island, and when she asks to see her parents, she sees two shadows walking toward that, you know, icy sort of wall, and when it resolves, like, you know, they merge into one person and it's Ray, And then it becomes this endless spree of rays. And ultimately, you know, what a beautiful vision. What an incredible experience that is and, and how awesomely it connects to the kind of experience that Luke had on Dagobah. Although Luke's vision on Dagobah was rather on the nose, if you will. You know, we have to do a little bit more interpretive work on the vision that Ray had. But it seems like 
when it comes down to the question of who her parents are, she is the only person that matters in that question. She's the only one in the equation that matters. So ultimately, I think she's finding out in the cave that it does not matter who her parents are. All that matters is her in the present moment. So then when Kylo says, you know, let the past go, you know, just destroy it all, and it's the only way you can become who you were meant to be, well, he's not wrong, and ultimately it is kind of what Rey does, but just not the way that Kylo wants it to happen. She lets go of the search for her parents and commits herself to the present moment and to the fully realized vision of herself and what she exists in this galaxy for. As she was saying to Luke in the movie, she was saying that, uh, you know, she needed someone to help her understand her place in all of this. Well, it seems like Kylo Ren actually helped her figure that out. So that right there is my take on the whole Ray Parent situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Chime in at the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, quick break and then another giveaway. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility. And I guess the best way you can think about Nissan Intelligent Mobility is to kind of equate it to having an astromech right inside your car, right? You know, the X-Wings will have astromechs, but in this case, it's not going to plot your hyperspace jump for you. What it is going to do, what Nissan Intelligent Mobility is going to do is things like automatic emergency braking and blind spot warnings and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist to keep you centered in your lane. And it begins the journey toward autonomous driving with advanced driver assist technologies. You can learn more about it at sw7x7.com slash NIM. Yeah, that's the initials for Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Once again, that's sw7x7.com slash NIM. Welcome back. All right. Hey, if you haven't done it already, grab yourself a copy of the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. Written by yours truly, yes, patting myself on the back for it, but hey, I'm giving them away this month too, so, you know, it's all fun and games. And you can get the book for $9.97 on Amazon. This link will get you there faster, sw7x7.com slash TFA. That's TFA for The Force Awakens, sw7x7.com slash TFA to get taken straight to the page on Amazon where you can pick it up and get it as a gift for friends and family alike. All right, I'm giving one away today as well, and here's how you get to participate. There's going to be a Facebook post for this episode of the podcast, and your job is to comment on that post as fast as you can with the correct answer to the trivia question I'm about to give you. And as briefly as possible, these are the rules. U.S. residents only 18 plus must be the original comment, not edited at all, and you can only win on the first time that you're the fastest. You can't win multiple times. And this thing is not affiliated or endorsed by Facebook or Lucasfilm, for that matter. So here you go. Here's the trivia question for today. In The Force Awakens, and, you know, possibly by extension, The Last Jedi, because she doesn't have a birthday celebration in The Last Jedi, to my knowledge, but in The Force Awakens, how old is Rey? Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you stow away on a Trade Federation landing craft, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a short negotiation, it's destiny unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.